Happy, happy, happy holidays to all of you around the world. Around the world. Whoever thought this show would go from New York to Taipei to Australia to the UK, Northern and Southern Hemisphere, when it started, I would never believe this would actually go where it's gone. And today, Today is a special day. Today is a special day. Today is 100th episode. 100 episodes in. We started in July 2020 and from a concept. A concept, right? Check this out. It's COVID. COVID darkness is upon us. We, we're told we can't travel. We can't do anything. It was, it, was, it was a change of life for everyone, right? So, you know, here we go. What the hell are we going to do with ourselves, right? So here I come along with this idea. And everybody thought, when they heard the name True House Stories, it was just going to be like this house music show. The reason why it was called True House Stories was because we were in COVID. And I felt, even though I'm a house music record producer, DJ and all that, traveled the world because of this stuff and blah, 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 and had great hits and all the success. Everybody thought I was only going to do house music. But no, no, it was never to be like that. The reason why, the reason why we called it True House Stories was I wanted to get people to talk from their homes. <laughs> I don't I wanted the truth. I wanted the super duper truth. You know what I'm saying? I want you to go like this. Holy smoke. Did I hear what I heard on this show? We heard payola, baby. We heard crime does pay. Right? We heard who went to jail. Who came back after cursing everybody out at a concert, right? We laughed. We cried. We had some amazing moments over 100, or should I say 99 episodes up until now. 99 episodes up until now, which we're going to be bringing on this wonderful woman in a moment. But 99 people gave their time. First phone call I made was to... Marshall Jefferson, right before I started that, one of the godfathers of house music, check this out. I said, yo, dude, I want to I wanna just do something. We're going to try this. He's like, what do you want to do, Lenny? I'm like, <laughs> I'm reenacting his voice. It's not so great. But anyway, I said to him, I have this idea. Would you come on if I do a talk show type of thing? Not where I ask the same questions like everybody else does. We want the ditty gritty, the deep dark, everything. He's like, yo, man, I'm down. So from Marshall Jefferson, I started making phone calls. Michael Gray from England. Natasha Kitty Cat. CC Rogers. DC LaRue. Thank you very much. Who sings Cathedrals and Casablanca Records, part of disco. Tony Lee, part of the R&B dance community. Andy Williams, AKM who? Norman JMBE? who was on Radio 1, uh, Seamus Haji, a at Defected, Mark Lower, Jay Criff, the group K-Class, 
another great singer, Kathy Brown, wonderful lady. My close friend, Gladys Pizarro from Strictly Rhythm, A&R, who now has launched. Love to be guys, Tony Walker and Mark Dennis. East Move, a.k.a. Eric Miller. Another great disco group, the Ritchie family, right? They came on. Byron Stingley from Ten City. Eric Couple, who worked with Frankie Knuckles. Uh, John Morales. These people I want to thank for all. Tony Prince, part of DMC. Masters at Work himself, little Louis Vega. How great was that episode? We talked about, I remember with that one, we stopped at 1999 and it was not enough hours to keep going. We were like, we got to do another one. Greg Wilson, Ben Lieberman from Holland, sneak on a special Sunday one where he spoke about how things and rough things were falling hella. Derek McKenzie, David Morales, how breaking was that? That episode. Lee John for Imagination, Graham Park, Freddie Turner, Marsha Stern and Robbie Leslie from Sirius XM, Victor Simonelli, the Brooklyn Italian and Stallion, Birdie from Italy, Tyree Cooper, Super Duper in the house. Um, we did a special show on a Paradise Garage. Uh, was the dance in Paradise with Oscar Reyes and Archie Burnett. Teddy Douglas from the Basin Boys, who worked with Crystal Waters. And then we had Ashley Beadle from the UK. So we've been, Ralphie D told us about Say Night Fever story from Aussie 2001, the whole behind the scenes, Brandon Block and Alex P. Those crazy guys, Nikki Holloway, DJ Disciple, Alex Lowe's from Southport Weekender, Richard Earnshaw, Hippie Torales, Bruce Forrest. You people never saw these shows? Go to TrueHouseStories.com. Frankie Fonset, another great producer, DJ, another great disco diva herself, Linda Clifford. What an amazing interview. Sarone from France. He was incredible. Ultra and Tay told her story. Billy Ray Martin, another great singer from Germany. Maurice Joshua, he spoke about the whole Beyonce story. And he worked on with them. Mark Riley. Um, Allison Limerick, DJ Paulette, Felipe Rose from, from one of the original, original <laughs> the original founders of Village People. Can't thank him enough. Kim Mazel. So we've touched different people, producer DJs. Here's a producer, Bob Blank, talked about how he produced and also engineered all those great disco records. Moose T from Germany, another great producer, DJ. Nick Hawks worked at Positiva, EMI. Tim Lawrence, who wrote the book, Jazzy M. Another godfather of the UK house music scene. Freddie Bastone from New York City. Eric Martin from Technotronic. Pedro Mondesir, excellent promoter from Canada. Daryl Payne, another major powerhouse record producer of all the early 80s. Ron Carroll. Jens Lazat, Ray Pinky Velasquez, part of the disco community. Johnny D, D Mario, who worked at Atlantic Records and owns Henry Street. Crystal Waters, La Da Da Da, Caper, Chad Jackson. I mean, God, Jabig was another great one. Mark Farina, John Mancini, Steve Rains, uh, UK promoter. DJ Nikki Siana from the original gallery, Studio 54. 
Ken Walker, uh, Mike Dunn. Sorry if I'm taking so long, but I got so many to thank. Dave Beer, another great promoter from the 90s. Joe Smooth with Promised Land. Joe Corsi from WKTU New York, WCBS FM. DJ Meme, Man Parish, Hip Hop Bebop, thank you so much. Harry Romero from Subliminal Days. Dr. Packer, the disco remixer from Australia, Melbourne. Benny Soto, New York, New York promoter. Colin Hutt, Crazy P, DJ Boris, who now lives in Florida, New York DJ. And then we did the special on location vocal booth weekend. Thanks to Andy Ward with Maurice, Joshua, Eric Cupper, Victor Simonelli, and Bobby and Steve. That was another touching episode, especially what um, the brothers are going through after COVID. Tom Silverman from Tommy Boy, who got real deep about everything. Fish Go Deep, Eric Dial, who worked next to Vaughn Mason, Jim Chef Ryan, Mr. C, Incredible. And of course, the 99th episode with EDX. And today I'm going to now say... Thank you so much to all of you at home for helping us get here. And, and thank you to this young lady who I'm about ready to now introduce. Her career goes back to 1971 or maybe a little earlier than that, but they started with their first single. Okay. 1971, four sisters got together and they created a group called Sister Sledge which later became Sister Sledge. Of course, the story goes on, and I'm going to have to bring her up because there's so much that I'm going to want to hear from her. So no more of me talking. You all know who I'm bringing up, one of the most iconic in R&B, disco, and dance, choreographed, production. She produces, writes, all that. And of course, she goes out as the legendary lead vocalist, vocalist of Sister Sledge, I'd like to introduce Miss Kathy Sledge. Oh, wow. What an intro. Thank you. Thank hey, you Lenny. So Kathy. What's up? Thank you so much. I mean, it goes on. We could, I could keep going and writing the bio. And it said, I want to hear, everybody's going to want to hear you tell this story. Well, I got to tell you, I was listening to, you know, I was, tuning in and listening to all of the amazing artists and producers and people behind the scene that you've had on True House Stories. Incredible. It's like, I can imagine because it's from the early days up until now. And wow, what a, what a platform, what a show. I'm happy to be here. And we, we started months back. This is what I try to explain to everybody. Everyone's schedules are always crazy and you yeah. start to put out the feelers and you and I spoke and then it was yeah. like, talk to management, of course. Yeah. You know, and I want to thank Charles Dixon too, because I love him. Charles, I was, yeah. You know, you got to everybody together. I was like really jealous. I'm like, they're all <laughs> hanging together, singing, dancing. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes. I love yeah. Charles Dixon. He's, he's an incredible person. But yeah, this is so, in, it's what an amazing show. And I have to say, it is such a platform that I'm sure people want to lean in and hear the, no pun intended, the true stories, the true house stories. That's and right. I have to say, I, when, you, when I was invited on the show, I thought, okay, 
this is my house music history. Like I know I have a platform there too. I love house music. I'm sure that's what this is about. So, wow, this is very cool. This is more than house. It's the reason, more, much more than you know, house. Like I said, I know you've done house music because I played your records yeah. when you left Warner's and then Roger Sanchez remixed yeah. at the time and all those records that happened with Narcotic and everything. Yes. But you see, I got my disco shirt on because I'm Can a disco see? baby. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear some disco. I usually have some kind of glitzy earrings or something. That's all right. But <laughs> Here's the thing about it. It wasn't about disco today. What what this is, is this show is to for you to tell us the story to you know, really your life, almost like a, a bio. No one paints a picture better than the person that lived it. Yeah. That's why this is why I ask the same question. It's so simple. And I ask it every time. And I say, oh, before we even go to that. Ah, hey, let me get mine. Let's just say, here's to you, baby. 100 <laughs> episodes. And to the iconic Kathy Sledge for Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, everyone around the world. Yeah, salute to the 100th, to your 100th episode. Cheers. Thank I'm happy to be here. Click, 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 ding. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Now that's out of the way. Yes, I'm good. The church service is over. Let's get to the nitty gritty now. The Ike and Tina Turner story mm-hmm. now. <laughs> it's funny, you know. So here, this is how I start. So I always ask the same question. How does music find the young, early Kathy Sledge? The kid, the little kid. Where does it begin, Kathy? Well, it's funny, but I was listening to you read our biography. And I, I do like to make it clear that we were not Sister Sledge until right before we are family, kind of, we had, we were the Sledge Sisters, which is a no-brainer. And one night, a DJ at a club introduced us backwards. He was inebriated, needless to say. And my sister, Carol, who to this day is still my best friend, she was there and she was hanging out with us. And she goes, well, she was there with us because she was, she must have been, what, 16, 17, I don't know. But we were all kids and She's like, you know what? That's cool. That has a ring to it. You should just be Sister Sledge. It wasn't planned. A lot of our life wasn't planned. I always say it was destiny, but um, it was God's plan. It was destiny. I can't remember back in the 70s even wanting to be a singer. It's interesting, but we sang. Like we would harmonize. In fact, like growing up in the 70s and in the 60s, we would always sing the latest songs that were out and we would harmonize to them. Even when we were jumping rope, we're playing jacks or we just always harmonize, you know, and um, we'll get to this later, but now I am working on a, on a West end show production about sister sledge. And I've been writing some of the music and one of it is the jump rope song. Like, you know, growing up, some of you guys know the 10, 20, 30, ah, uh, uh, two, ten, but we do that in harmony. Three, ten, you know, we would just harmonize. And um, so you were harmonizing at this age, like that age. No, well, look at that. Yes, that's our Santa Claus picture. <laughs> uh, you know, no one can all, no one can ever tell who's who in this picture. I've had fans that go, "Well, is that you on the?" But some, I mean, some people get it right away. That's Joni up top with the dimples, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, Kim right underneath her and I'm right next to Kim and Debbie's above me. 
But um, we were that close. The song We Are Family really was written about us. The then president of um, Atlanta Records, Jerry Greenberg, uh, was describing us to Niall Rogers and the late Bernard Edwards, whom I miss dearly. We all do, but I really miss Bernard. And um, that means girls. Can I show this picture? This is pre to the Yes, that was before We Are Family. But people don't know. The hit record off of this album was called Love Don't You Go Through No Changes On I think. No. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that was Circle of Love. Gwen Guthrie and Patrick Adams. We miss Gwen Guthrie. And Patrick Adams just passed here? Yeah, he just passed a few months back. Yeah, I'm surprised to cancer in the end. I did not realize. What talented songwriters. They wrote such gorgeous music together. And um, I hadn't realized that about Patrick. I knew when it passed. Um, And the song, the hit from that album, was called Love Don't You Go Through No Changes For Me. Which is one of the longest titles ever. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Oh my gosh. Love, like, you know, changes on me. Mm-hmm. But um, I was at the time around well, maybe 13 on that album. And before that, um, we had a hit record with Tom Bell's brother, Tony Bell. Yeah, there's Tom. And we just lost Tom. And he Bell. just passed too recently, oh, too. What a gorgeous Tom person. Bell. What a what an amazing, tremendous, incredible artist he was with his songwriting, a gift of writing. And of course, his brother Tony, that a lot of people don't know about. But Tony Bell and Phil Hurt from the whole spinners, I'll be around. You know, they wrote some really big hits too. We were this um, four sisters, five really, because the fifth sister, her name is Carol, and we'll get to that later. But um we were these four sisters. We were ages, I think the youngest. Um, I'm the youngest. And I think I was at that time with Tony Bell around, I would say around 10, 11. Before that, we were singing too. But we were singing at my grandmother's churches and uh, her church teas, not churches, her church tea parties. And we were always anywhere anyone would ask us to sing, we'd do it because we, we loved it. Um, and then someone's, someone's promoter who was doing a cabaret, their band walked out on them two weeks before the show. So the story goes, this is how it really happened. Hearing it from the real source. And, um, this is when we like, like playing around the neighborhood and singing and singing at church teas and whatever. And they asked, could we do this show? Because this band walked out and they're like, you would really do a good job. So we literally bought like four Afro wigs because the Jackson Five were big men, and and um, learned all the songs that were out. And we did we did it before we did cabaret. And um, my mom, who is was, but at the time she held down like three jobs. And you know, very interesting story. We lived there's there's Flores. She's she was a double of Dorothy Dandridge. My mom was a beast. <laughs> She was a Capricorn like me. Very, very shrewd at the same time, everyone's mom. People loved my mother. And um, we were raised by a single parent household. We'll talk more about my dad later. But my mother um, felt like, you know, this is a good idea. As long as you keep your grades up in school, let's check it out. We did this cabaret from that cabaret. 
we were booked at a nearby club from that club, another club. And it was like a chain that linked on. We found ourselves, as long as we kept our studies up, that we could actually do this. And of course, it helped out with the bills. And, you know, um, we loved it. And we always sang at the nearby neighborhood clubs or, you know, and then of course, Here's where Tom Bell, I mean, Tony Bell and Phil Hurt step in. They were doing a production demo project that they wanted to submit to, at the time, ATCO Records, which is a subsidiary of Atlantic Records. And they asked us to do it. From that demo production, we got a record deal on ATCO, and it was released um, in England, and it became a number one hit record. No one was expecting that. That was so cool. It was called Mama Never Told Me. But from that, I, I literally became like a real life ahead of Montana. I would go to England and do these massive concerts and then go home, get on the bus and go to school. And learned really early on not to talk about it much. Like I would, I wanted to talk about it. I was excited, but it came off like I was either bragging or lying. Well, nobody would believe it. They wouldn't believe it, right? Because there was no internet back then. There was no way of somebody saying to you, hey, look her out. Look. Yeah. It was just out of context. Like, my friends would go, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to the movies. I went to the mall. I went to Japan. (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah, right. And then I learned early on, it was hard to connect with that. So I would, I started saying very early on, I had to work. I never expressed what working was because that worked for my friends to say I had to work. Oh, and, um, and what it has done later to this day is it helped me to really maintain a balance of what this really is. One is your work and one is your life. I happen to love the work that I do, but your life always comes first. And I think a lot of artists or people in the public eye, sometimes it can get confusing. Because especially in this day and age that we live in with the internet and with IG and with Facebook and all of these different social media platforms, you know, it's like you're never off this platform, but we are. And we have to be in order to have any kind of healthy or maintain any kind of healthy mental balance. But I've always had that because of that. So in, in other words, there was nobody else to look at what you were doing. You were just writing as you were going, basically. Yeah, I was, I was working. I mean, we really were bringing in some very good money compared to what my mother could do by herself. It was a no-brainer. And at the same time, it wasn't like we didn't love what we were doing. Again, stipulation, as long as you keep those grades up. And we were all pretty much really strong. Um, I won't say straight-A students, but especially Joni. Joni was always brilliant. But um, we always kept our grades up. There were times like Rumble in the Jungle. I was 14. I got a chance to perform at Rumble in the Jungle with, with you know, the Allie Frazier. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Allie. Um, sorry, not Frazier. Allie um, Foreman. Fight. In Africa, uh, right? Historic fight. And we were there. We were there with James Brown and Bill Withers and the Pointer Sisters and Johnny Pacheco. It was a, a, it was a melting pot of, of cultures of artists. And here I am, this like 14-year-old kid, like on the plane with all these artists and being able to express how I felt on stage at that age with those and share that stage with these artists 
the spinners, of course, because we were protégés to the spinners. And at one time we had the same manager. And so that's how we really forged our way into the, the music business. Um, but we were blessed. And I use that word more than lucky because, you know, I feel like there's so many incredible artists out here to this day. We have so many incredible artists and you never know. I mean, I, that is one thing I tell a lot of new artists and artists who've been there for a minute. Stay with it. If you love it, you know, that's your passion. Never give up. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Who's the one to train you girls um, the, the fundamentals of singing in the beginning? Where, who was, you know, some of us took piano lessons, some of us took guitar lessons, some of us went to vocal. Yeah. How did you... I wrote lots of songs, and still to this day, I write lots of songs on the guitar. I don't really play the guitar. I've written some on the piano. I am um, the main, I guess Joni and I were the main songwriters in the band. Um, but I still collaborate with other, I collaborate with my husband, Phil Lightfoot. We've written some songs for the group. And now I am collaborating. I don't know what we're going to do with it yet. I'm collaborating with Jan, uh, Jimmy Jan, Terry Lewis. We've written some songs. Uh, we've written it like a while ago and I'm always like, why don't you give this to Mariah Carey? She could sing it. And he goes, no, 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 no. I want you to sing it. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, I love writing and I've always loved writing. I was not allowed to write on the We Are Family project because it was pretty much, pretty much etched in stone. And I'm not complaining because, <laughs> you know, the guys, Niall and Bernard knew exactly what they wanted and what they were doing. And it was a crucial time for them too, because they had hit records. And everyone was looking at them to see what they would do with this obscure group because we were obscure before we were family. We were pretty big in other countries, but not here in the United States. And so what they did was very important. And um, singing lead on most of all of these songs, or at least the hits, of course, I would just lean in with these producers because um, I knew that they had, there, there we are. I knew that they had, they had a plan. They had a formula. Um, <clears throat> I just recently, during the pandemic, I got a chance to to interview Niall, who is you know, really cool people with me. And Niall, um, he talked about how they would always bring another artist to do the backing vocals. Like people don't know this, but we are the backing vocals on Material Girl for Madonna. And Duran Duran did some backing vocals on a remix of Lost in Music. And Luther, of course, everyone knows did most of the backing vocals on um, on We Are Family. Right. Joni and Kim. Uh, yeah, I love it. And I miss Joni, of course. You know, we lost Joan. Um, it was funny. Joan and I would butt heads. But I, I think the biggest, biggest conflict or challenge that Joni would have is, and it was frustrating to me too, and I know it's, I know before we started the show, I, I asked you, Lenny, so do you want the Waltons version or do you want the Tina Turner version? I want, I told her straight, I want, I want the version where you talk about Ike. Help me. Oh my gosh, put your seat. Yeah, I want, we want to hear because you know what, we, we've, look, we've seen you do those other, um, CBS has done, you know, where they sit you down and they cut it real tight. We yeah. want to hear this stuff because people want to understand that what really goes on in family groups? Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, what really goes on in families? Oh, people. Family. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm just, I just have to be in the spotlight with, with a family group. But um, 
And it's funny, of course, there was a lot of madness and still is, you know, I'm dealing with some things. Um, being a lead singer is very challenging. I think I remember, if I'm not mistaken, it was Beyonce. And she quoted, I can't help it if I'm the lead singer when she was with the, the band Destiny's Child. And I was, I was like a light bulb went off of me and a red flag was like, ah, you know, all lead singers really catch it. We catch it because, A, not everyone wants to be in the background, but then there's always someone that usually producers choose to be a signature voice. And being the youngest, and at the time with family, I was 15 when I was in the studio. By the time they released it, I was 16. So to sing all these songs and know that my sisters want to do more. And the policy that we had was my mother made this policy. Every, no matter what, every sister would have to try to lead. And sometimes that would really work with the studio time. Like I, I, I was fortunate enough to have dinner with Bernard Edwards maybe months before he passed. And by now we're already there. There he is. I love that guy. By now we're all adults. And he, he said to me, why didn't you ever speak up? Like you would sit there and grin when we go, well, we want Kathy to sing it. Cause I could feel the pressure sometimes. And, you know, I knew my sisters would want to do more than a certain song's background. And then there was the factor that a lot of people know the chic singers and Luther Vandross did a lot of the background on a lot of our music. Cause it, they wanted the same formula. It wasn't like we weren't singing on it too, but they wanted the formula and the sound that worked for them. And so it was a frustrating, I would say, especially to my sister, Debbie, she would like to always make up the harmony parts and she would butt heads a lot with Bernard Edwards. Cause I think he was in charge of the, or not in charge of, but he was pretty much the main writer with a lot of the lyrics and the ideas that he had. And, um, there is sometimes there was tension in the studio. Um, but um, with me, the tension I felt inwardly that I've never really expressed until this day, I promise you, was being the youngest. It was there was a frustration of, wow, I would love to sing that song. But at the same time, I, you know, I can get the frustration that my sisters would feel. And um, <clears throat> that did culminate through the years. I think um, I think there was always an underlying fear of maybe from my mother uh, because my mother, my mother was our manager. And I think there was a fear of what will happen if Kathy leaves the group? Will it be like Diana and the Supremes? Will it be like Michael and the Jacksons? And, um, and ironically, I did tour with Michael for like two months and his brothers. And I did want to walk up to him. I was a kid. I did want to go up to him and go, like, do you feel some type of way? <laughs> do they treat you like they treat me? And, you know, but that's forbidden to talk about. Of course, I'm, a, I'm a, well over an adult now, and I can talk about this stuff, and it's, it's cathartic. And at the same time, if you know me, my personality type, I'm very, I'm strong. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a victim person. So I have held back from telling my story because I feel like I don't want to be a victim. Uh, you know, we all go through our things. But I think with me, what I have learned is your story is your story. and. You know, I look up and I, I see my sister, Debbie, who presently, you know, is Kim and I are actually fighting to make sure that the original sisters are the only faces that should only represent our group. So this is what we should be seeing then. That is who we are. We're the Sledge Sisters. Yeah, you what are. happened was when Joni died, Debbie pretty much took over the business with her husband. 
and literally kicked Kim out of the band. And Kim knocked on my door. Kim's my neighbor. And she goes on, she quote unquote said, I am so sorry for all the madness that you went through with your sisters. And even with Kim, um, she agreed to some things, but she didn't know that they take it to the, the limit and the heights that they took it to. And um, she literally, um, at one point, they've even, in some cases, um, sorry, in some cases, they've even um, forged her name with certain things. And now that's coming to fruition and um, or it's starting to be revealed some things that Joan and Deb would do. And what, what they pretty much did is they took our brand. And the first thing they did when I got offered a solo project, which I'm still to this day very proud I did, um, they told me I had to leave the band. They said, you may not do this project with Roger Sanchez or with, you know, with at the time Epic Records, or you, you have to leave. So I was given an ultimatum. And I believe this in life. No one, you can't turn it. Like and look back at the years and go, I didn't do that because of whoever. We are the choices that we make. And so, of course, I wanted to do expand and grow and do more projects as well as, but I never wanted to leave. But I had to leave in order to do them. But through the years, we would reunite. And that's why it's so convoluted because you'd see us, you'd see me in different places with the sisters. And that's because I'd be invited to work again. And then what I think my sisters realized is when the songs got bigger than us and they did, especially we are family, they realized, Hey, you know what? We all can sing this and no one's going to know. And that's when they sued me. Um, they sued me for $200,000 because at the time, um, and this is cathartic, be real if you like, I am now actually working on, um, film project and documentary, but it's not about we were family because I think we will always be that and all families have madness and I'm no different. We just happen to be under the public eye and, you know, under magnifying glass really. And we stand for a brand that brings people together. And I always say, wow, we were that family that brought people together and at, at the risk of almost losing our own family. And one thing that is important to me is our next generation, our children, our, they're not children, they're young adults. But they love each other. They're crazy about each other. They stand for whatever we, whatever those words stand for. So, so your daughter and the cousins all act like that. They leave that to you to all the parents, right? What's going on? Yeah, with the exception right now, Debbie's kids. What Debbie actually is doing, and I want will say did, is as we live and breathe, like all through the pandemic, Kim and I had to really, you know, we did finally have to get back our rights as managers to vote our rights back. That That is not the group that you're out there seeing. But when Joan passed, Debbie said on all of our social media outlets, and she still is, and um, she won't share them. So you're talking about, I have the picture. Is this the group? This is the new group? That's of- not, I don't even know half those people. Well, <laughs> it's Debbie's son, the woman there, Tanya, I don't even know her middle name. Camille, I'm very hurt about. That's Debbie's daughter. Camille lived in my home for at least three or four years. I helped raise her. And that's Joni's son, who I love dearly, Thaddeus. But what Debbie is actually doing is she's sitting on our website. She won't share it with us. We've had to pretty much... It's, and this is really painful. To, 
I won't say painful. The painful part of me telling the story is, is for our fans because families go through this. But I feel like um, then you get this, and this really bugs me when I hear people go, oh, they just need to sing together while they get along. It's not that. It's more a case of, of pretty much um, when I was invited back, the stipulation was I cannot sing the lead songs that I sing anymore. We sing them differently. Even when we were invited to sing for the Pope, my sister no, and me. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean we sing them differently? That's what I'm told to this day. How does that work? You mean everyone does the lead part? Or what, what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, it's, and it's you funny because. You must go, but wait, by the scratchy sound that we hear, in other words, that scratchy sound. It would be more like, no, I would totally get all the time, you don't sing it anymore. We all sing it, blah, 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 blah. And I, when I got to a certain age, many, that's when I was like, yo, guys, hey, let's just not be stupid and go do these hits and become this thing that we were supposed to be. It doesn't matter who sings it. I sing it. And let's just go and do this and be huge. But, you know, I was invited back. And Debbie makes it very clear that, you know, we sing these songs different. I remember she invited me once and I said, Debbie, I will come and do a show. I don't have enough time to learn the show, but I'll surprise the audience and I'll sing We Are Family with you guys, you people. And she says, well, no, because there might be producers in the audience and all of us can sing. And that's what, yeah, this was recently. This was, and I finally just said, you know, some people just don't get it. And it's, and I, and I really said, you know, once she invited Kim and myself to a show and she goes, you can come to the show, but you may not step on stage. And I said, Debbie, if Kim and I are in the audience, your crowd is going to be angry if you're going to be performing our hits. But it's, that's what we go through. And that's what we're going through now. And when Kim, when Joan died, um, and I'll tell that story too, because Joan and I both showed up, unbeknownst to both of us, at this wellness center, San Diego, that we always go to. And when I first saw her, I was like, because we were butting heads, I was like, oh man, I'm supposed to be detoxing and wellness and clearing out my skin. <laughs> this is going to be stressful. But I took one look at her because I hadn't seen Joni. And I was like, wow, like she looked fragile. And I also said, this is not a coincidence that we show up here. And the funny thing is, I was supposed to go the week before. But I had a really, really close friend who's very spiritual that said, no, 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 we should all go the next week in, in January, not the first week. And we went that week and there was Joni. And I know that was a God thing. That was God. And I looked at her. She looked at me. We're like, wow, you're here. And we hugged and we didn't, we never, we didn't let go for like two minutes. We just held as sisters because we knew that it wasn't a coincidence that we were there. We didn't ask questions. We just were happy to see each other. And we shared those, like that whole next week, loving on each other. And then, you know, this place that we go to, it's called Optimum Health Institute in San Diego. Love this place. You always see all many, you see so many different artists show up, but we're all in our sweats. We're all just taking care of ourselves. And at the very end of this particular program, there's a talent show. So of course they, they ask us to sing We Are Family. And Johnny would be the main one that would, pretty much say she's up front now singing it. I would run into that sometimes with my sisters 
if I did sing with them, there were times when they cut the band off if I started the ad lib or they make sure my mic was low or these are the things that would happen. But John and I, when they, when we started singing, we were family. She just looked at me and she gives me this look and she goes, you sing it. And I was like, wow. And then after we hugged and she goes, cause I think she knew something. She goes, we don't know if we're ever going to see each other again. And I wasn't going to even own that. I just said, well, we have to change that. And a month later, she died suddenly. And um, it, it pulls on your heartstrings because we just lost our mother. And Joni and my mother were very, very close. They lived in Arizona. And I, I think I had a picture of all of you together. Yeah, there's mom in the middle. Yeah. I think that was like her 50th birthday party. And Joni next to me, I've got a short haircut there. Kim, Carol was sitting right behind Kim and Debbie up on the top perched. But it's funny because I'm going to say perched. But, you know, I have to tell you this because, you know, I'm going to be really real with you with this true house stories. Kim and I just got off the phone earlier today and I'm like, I can't believe like at this place in our life, we're literally, you know, Je- Debbie won't share our websites with us. And if you go to Wikipedia, her IT guy lists me as dead. They still do. They, they'll say, <laughs> wait, 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 they list you as you're, you're deceased. Oh, yeah. And it makes you say, what? Like my cousins, my family, my immediate, not my immediate, my extended oh. family, my cousin who's really close with me, though, though. I call him up one day. I'm like, Kev, it's like, what did I ever do? And he laughs. He goes, Kev, you were born. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and it takes like your immediate family, your aunts, who most of them aren't with me anymore, my, my cousins. This is something I've lived for a lifetime. And it's, it is cathartic to talk about it now because, A, what I realize is, you know, we don't go through these things alone. There are so many people that go through different dynamics with family. And it is a platform. It doesn't mean that you're not family. It just means that there's so many dynamics that you have to learn how to. In our case, we, we are, again, we're out front. We always have been uh, uh, under magnifying glass. I don't like what Debbie is doing. I don't. I I I talk to Kim when we you know talk. I won't say every day, but we talk every other day. Or we talk. We're closest sisters. Our our young adult kids. We all just went out not so long ago and had. Um, actually, tomorrow we're having an ugly sweater brunch. <laughs> but you know, that's the real. That's who we are. And sometimes I say, well, you know, this whole music thing got in the middle of who we are. Let's not forget that that song was really literally written about us. That's how close. And, um, but this is something that my mother had been dealing with Debbie and her husband for years now. You know, we, there was a time when we were working together where she would bring other people in and take our brand and do shows. And, um, and I, and yeah, do I use the brand? Of course I do. I think we're at the place now where um, all of us still have things that we'd love to do. And I respect that. But I do feel like we need to make sure that our all of our social media platforms will always and forever represent the original sisters. And um, I do shows. I produce shows now, which I'm very excited about. I produced one about Billie Holiday because in our early days, our Vegas days when we would work with people like Bill Cosby and Jay Leno, and we'd always open for these artists. 
and we would do different different tributes. And I would always do Billie Holiday. But in doing Billie Holiday, it got to the point where I didn't want to walk out there high. We know the story. So can we just do Billie in a way that should be immensely proud? You know, um, even both of the plays, Lady Day at Emerson's Barn Grill and Lady Day, both of those scripts landed in my lap, actually. And because of the business part of it, it didn't really materialize. But the producer to this day of Lady Day tells me, I would love to use you one day and do something with, as Billy. And, wh- and when I do Billy Holiday, um, I always go into the zone of, we know the heavy story. And that's what prompted me to write a production called The Brighter Side of Day. And what that is, is what would it be like if you could step back in time and and there's Billie Holiday and Louis Jordan and the Timpani Five, and this amazing production, this show, at Billie at her best. And I've taken this show, Brighter Side of Day, to different, um, to different, some of the top clubs in the United States, on the East Coast mainly. And now I am revisiting it. But from that, now I'm in the studio working with Stanley Clark, who's like a, a friend of my husband's. And at the same time, he's written a, it, he's composed a song for me that he says he believes I have one of the strongest jazz voices he's ever heard, which is totally blows me away. I love jazz music. And so what I've learned and I, you know, I always say when he, if I didn't sing, I know I'd probably manage or I, because I feel like one of the, one of the books I live by is um, I love Russell Simmons. Do you? And I also love who moved my cheese. I think that the industry changes, things change. So you have to change with it. And with Brighter Side of Day, I've um, invited Alicia Keys's horn section. They're called the Chop Horns. And they become Louis Jordan and Timpani Five. And of course, when we do these amazing songs from the 40s, we just, we just propel you into this era. And um, I've gotten strong, really amazing reviews with Brighter. From that, at one point when my sisters were suing me, I wasn't allowed to say I'm of or from Sister Sledge. So of course, that's like, that's like being cool and cool in the gang, but I can't say I'm of the gang. It's like, how do you get work? It's just, I mean, we love you. Know, it's, you know, for us, it's etched in forever. Like for example. That's who I am. It's like, and I, and you know, they took me to court and in mediation, they said, you know, you're allowed to say, I said. Like this, this is etched into us forever. Yeah, it was mainly Debbie and Joni. Kimmy wasn't even there in mediation. She didn't know a lot of this stuff. But she did sign that she, you know, she said to me, you know, Kathy, I don't, I don't like what they're doing. I don't agree with it. And um, she said, um, and I, and it's not of God. So I told them I have nothing to do with this. And then she said, and but I did give them the power of my vote. And I was like, ah, okay. But wait a minute. You know, friend, like, <laughs> When you see all these pictures of us, our early days, these were the hard years. You very rarely see Debbie. You do see Carol. And Carol would step in. Dick Clark would always call her. Oh, I got Dick Clark. I love love Carol dearly. What's the story with that Dick Clark thing? He had man. He would call Carol. She's not on this one. Debbie's on this one. But he would call Carol the the closet sister because, (laughs) because Carol would always step in when Debbie was on maternity leave. So, you know. And Debbie has six kids, so she was on maternity leave quite a few times. So Carol was always there. And um, 
And to this day, um, we're close. You know, we uh, we meet up when we can, the sisters, and we have a coffee. The last time we had a coffee together, we met. And then we went and sat on the park bench for like four hours and just talked. You know, and that's really what it's all about. And we'll get to the bottom of making sure Debbie shares our our true identity of who this group is. You know, I, I just got off the phone with Kim earlier today and I was like, you know, Kim, I said, this place in our life, we shouldn't be fighting because you can't change history. We, sh- we shouldn't be fighting to show the world who we are because Kim and I are not fighting. And we're not, I'm not really fighting with Debbie. I want to make that clear. I have definitely stood strongly and firmly that our faces of who we are should always be that forever. Um, and I always say if a 14-year-old wanted to do a book report on, on Sister Sledge, that's who you should see. You know, not some people, not her daughter. And we don't, you know, this legendary idea that she came up with, with the next generation singing our old hits, to me is whatever. But I do feel like um, what Debbie does is she books the group as Sister Sledge and then she brings in her kids. And um, what we're fixing is that all of our websites should always represent us. And yeah, that's who we are. And yeah. And um, totally make sure we memorialize memorialize Joan, give her always that and um, tell the history of who we are. And at the same time, yeah, click here if you want to see what I'm doing. Kim's doing, what Debbie's doing. That's the best way, and it will get there, Kathy. But let, let me let me ask. Let me see. Let me ask this question. Okay, so Barry Gordy, Gordy creates the Supremes, and Diana Ross they nicks her way out. Yeah, you know Beyonce. See, that's something I never really did. At the height of our career, don't get it twisted. I got lots of offers. I was supposed to. When Stephanie was thinking of taking off from the Wiz, I actually got awarded a part of the Wiz. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but then my sisters really felt some type of way. And they told my mother, uh, you know, if they if I am in it, they wanted to be in it. And the producer of the Wiz was like, well. How is that going to work? They, they wanted to have, at the time, you know, they wanted, they wanted primary parts. And the, the then producer was like, well, you can be munchkins, but no, you can't. <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. And then we went through that. It went away. I don't, I, I was a kid then. I don't know. I, I think Stephanie decided to stay, which we love Stephanie Mills. I love her. I just saw her not so long ago at a, um, at a fundraiser event with Holly Robinson Pete for Holly Robinson Pete's platform with autism. And I, we, you know, I got a chance to hug her and say, Hey, and I love what she's out there doing now. But, you know, it's funny because um, I always think that with us, at that time, the record company president would always ask me, please do a project, please. And I would be like, no, not, you know, this is, this is where I am with my sisters. This is who we are. And it was no need to. I enjoyed singing with sisters. I literally had to actually pray away the desire to be in a group. That's the truth. I, I, you know, and if you see my productions now, what I've, what I've discovered is 
the music started resurfacing and I finally got a chance to use the brand again, right before the pandemic. Again, when Kim knocked on my door and she apologized for what my sisters did, I said, you know what, Kimmy, tell you what, let's just vote ourselves back and get our power back. Cause I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm seeing these people that half of them, I don't even know. And they're saying they're us and they kicked you out and no. So let's be, let's go and get our power back. But at the time, um, there are the ideas that I'd like to do. I think, you know, maybe with Kim, I, I think that the most important thing for me was to A, show the world that I'm not dead. <laughs> okay. Cause on Wikipedia, honestly, if you Google that right now, you'll see the very, please let's Google that. Yeah. Let's find that out. Come on. It's a very, first of all, they keep changing. They'll say I left and I'm like, I changed it. I didn't leave. I, you know, and then, and then this is Debbie. And then she'll at the very bottom say past members. Wait, wait. They spell it as a play on words. They'll say P A S S E D, Joni Sledge, and then P A S T member, Kathy Sledge. Pass. And I sometimes I'll like look through the internet and people will compliment my voice. And then someone might say, Oh, I'm sorry she died. I'm like, Yo, I'm not dead. But that's Debbie makes it nebulous and gray. And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. And this is the first time that I'm being very, very forward, forwardly vocal about it. And here's what I, as, as supporters of my music, here's what I'd like to share. Sometimes you have dynamics that you have to deal with and you still love them. But what really bothers me most is when people say, oh, they need to just get along. I'm like, yo, I get along, you know, at the same time. You get to a place in your life where you do say you have a gift. For years, I've been, you know, things like not being able, you know, even when our song was inducted in the Hall of Fame with Nile Rogers, Nile invited me, he and Nancy Hunt, and I'm sitting at their table. And then they say to me, by the way, you know, they told me before I went, they're like, Sister Sledge has to give the induction speech. And we hope that that's okay with you. Because at the time, I wasn't allowed to say I was in Sister Sledge. So I had to watch my sisters and watch our song get inducted and the songwriter. And I wasn't allowed on stage. In this one? In the BMI thing? That's something different. That's okay. BMI. Uh, that was um, something I did. I was invited to sing some songs. Uh, I think we we're doing a tribute to Nile. And so what's important to me is more and more I'm being invited to, to sing the songs I sing as opposed to not ever being able to sing them. And, um, but it was painful, two things mainly. Was it, was it that Pope Francis, when he came to America thing that happened that? Yes, I was, that was another, I was, yeah, I was invited by the Pope and I actually had the registration to, to be able to perform, but they worded it Sister Sledge. And so because of that, my sisters took the invitation with their agent and they made an announcement that we will all be there. They made the announcement that we would all be there, but we will be singing a different version of We Are Family. And I knew what that meant. That meant that they weren't going to let me sing it. And I'm like, this is so stupid, guys. But the worst part was they weren't releasing my credentials to me, meaning that it would look like I stood up. And so I ended up watching them perform it at a nearby pub. And, you know, that was hurtful because, like, I got my hair ready. I was, I texted Kim. I was like, 
you know, we need to make sure we're all there. And Kim said, you know, I'll talk to the sisters. And Debbie's response was, there'll be plenty of time for reconciliation, but not, but not with the Pope. So they made sure I wasn't on stage. And, um, and, and in a way, it, it, was, it was years and years and years of abuse. <laughs> and it's funny because um, it's not, it's almost like when I hear people say they need to stop fighting. Oh my gosh. That's like saying to Tina Turner, you need to go back with Ike. You needed to go back with Ike. And it, you know, she wasn't fighting Ike. She was fighting for her life. She was fighting for her right to be who she was. And um, it is very similar. And now when I realize I used to be very um, not vocal about it, maybe it would have been easier if my hit record was what's love got to do with it. <laughs> but our hit record is we are family. So I always felt the cliche of we're family. And then the reality is, yeah, she's says, family by nice. you know, this is not cool because, you know, when that suit went public, it, it really damaged the brand. And, but here's how God works. And I really mean this. Like during the pandemic, a couple of things happened that only God can do. Um, you know, at the time, I would be invited, but it would be, but you can't sing any of your hits that your voice made hits. Or we sing them differently. I would always hear that. And I knew what that meant. And um, I had gotten to the place in my life where I felt like this is humiliating. I, I sing these songs. It's not fair. So tell you what, I'm not going to do that. And um, then here comes the pandemic. And then people started requesting it, especially Dean Ice and thinking of you. I noticed that he would always in club quarantine introduce the song that I sang it. And I remember texting him saying, you don't realize what you're doing <laughs> because open up a can of worms. You really open. No, no, in a good way. It was a good way because, yeah, yeah. because, because I technically performed it as sister sledge, even though it's me singing all over the place, they weren't allowing me to be sister sledge. So who am I? Where, like, where do I get to sing these songs? And where do you get to as an artist? I mean, as a fan to come and hear them the way you love them. And because I started playing it more and more in the pandemic and, then I started getting asked to sing it right here in my living room. And then, of course, with the inauguration with Biden and Harris, I was invited to sing it with um, DJ Cassidy and with yes, yeah, with Earth, Wind, and Fire. And here I am. I'm like, wow, I'm actually singing these songs that you know that I sing and no one's suing me and no one's telling me that I can't. Wait, with the original arrangements, the way that you know them, that, that yeah. you sang them. That was, that was me. Song. And I love the fact that they weren't calling me sister sledge because, oh gosh, when you call me that, here come the suits, you know? And That's so, just but then, but then Kim and I did fix it. So we are, what's great is that we do own the rights to our brand. We finally do. That's wonderful. And now we are really, we won the rights that our websites will represent us eventually. The courts awarded that to us. We're just waiting because everything's backed up. And once that happens, we'll be able to take the faces that you don't recognize because that is not us. And we'll fix it. And will we sing together? I don't care. I mean, the truth is, I'd rather have dinner together. <laughs> I'd rather have, like last week, go out and look at the Christmas lights and have French onion soup together. But, but Kathy, doesn't the death of Joni soften up the blow for all of you? 
I thought it would have, but when Joni died, um, you know, usually that's a big thing when when Joni died. Debbie put out an announcement that Sister Sledge will be her, Kim, and her kids. I was not invited back, um, and if, and at the point when she did, at one point, invite me to sing, as I said earlier, to sing with your family at one of your performances. I did say I'll love to, but I, but I have to sing it if we sing it. And I was told no. I was told no, 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 no. You know, there'll be producers, there might be producers in the audience. And then I'm like, oh gosh, this is never going to change. And I, what I really realized is that God wants us to grow. I mean, yeah, I do feel this way. We need to grow and our dynamics may never connect with some things. And guess what? That's okay. It's almost a platform that I feel like is a very healthy one when it comes to family. You love your family. It doesn't mean that sometimes you can work in some cases, or it doesn't mean that you're not going to have dynamics that don't get along. Um, yeah, but so I've learned this in a very healthy way. God gave me a gift, and I've been able to explore what it really did for me is when I wasn't allowed for years, and I'm talking 20 years to say I was of Sister Sledge, I started creating, and you know, at one point, I think, they even posted my face on our website that said, if you work with her, we'll prosecute you. But that was up for like five hours. I think their lawyer probably said, take that down. You know, this is when Joni was living. What is this? It's like, I don't think Kimmy had anything to do with that. But that was Joni and Debbie. This doesn't sound like siblings. This sounds like, like you're like. It's like criminals. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you guys. My best, friend, my best friend, who to this day, I just got off the phone with her. She's been my best friend since like eighth grade. <laughs> She knows all this stuff throughout, like throughout, and she goes, "Damn, Kathy, she's like they're worse, they're worse than the effing Republicans." I'm no, no offense to Republicans. I know what you mean, though. She's like, she meant, she meant at the time when Obama was in office. You know, they like, she's like, they're worse than that. And it's funny because, and I mean that with Republicans, because politically, you know, oh. there's a lot of craziness in all of our platforms. Let me take a take a drink for a second. I want to ask this question um, in the time machine. Uh-huh. Right, you know, you talked about how life changes in 78, 79. Sorry, I'm looking at it. Keep going, keep going. Life changes around that time for you guys, you know, mm-hmm. after working with Niall and his and Bernard and creating We Are Family. The success happens, like they say, overnight. It takes a lot of time to get to that one-minute change. Right, right. right. How fast did all the family members change when the success began? Um, you know, it wasn't so much. Like the, the play that I'm actually working on, I always say We Are Family is the song we're known for. The Lost in Music is really the story. Because I think if music wasn't in the middle of who we really are, we never had these dynamics. And in our case, it might have been singing who sings the lead of a song or a trademark. In other cases with families, it could be an heirloom or it could be a property. You know, it always comes out when someone dies, you know, everyone's not getting along. It, it happens. It, it happens. And so there wasn't anything like we had this, A, there was never any overnight success with us. Unless, you know, with us, we had different pockets of success in different territories globally. And that, I got it, to this day, I got a chance to make a balance out of that. You're huge over here in, in England, but right here in Philadelphia, you're like, get on that bus and go to school. Okay, so the balance. So there wasn't any, 
I think of anything. And then we have this whole, and of course, this comes out in stories that I'm writing about us. We had a whole situation where we all moved from our first neighborhood to all white neighborhood where we had cross burnings and police protection to school. And, and it was interesting because that even made us closer. I mean, it was like Daisy Bates. We're like these four girls walking together with our book bags to school with a police car going alongside of us because we hear the N word every other day. I mean, I would just get myself ready for the N word, you know, but you know, we had to go through that and that made us closer. That that's, made us closer. that's in Philadelphia. Yeah. Northeast Philadelphia. We were one of the first black families at the time. Now it's all integrated, you know, but yeah, we went through that. And of course that made us closer. And this was way before we were family. So we were this, we were this tight knit, you know, you can't get in this and um, protecting each other. I think what really happened is there was always an underlying fear that there would be a case of me wanting to do whatever. And the way that it happened with me is I never wanted to be, I, but I do like to write and I'm a songwriter and we would always take these, um, we'd take a vote, you know, diplomatically, we'd have a vote of what songs we should sing. So I would write a song and this person would like it. That person would like it. And at the end, like half the stuff I wrote, no one wanted to use. And I go, one day I had this epiphany. I was like, well, wait, maybe I could submit this to Janet Jackson. Maybe she'll do the song or maybe Whitney Houston will do this song. So I submitted to, to Clive Davis for Whitney and to Dan and Lewis for Janet <clears throat> and to Narda, Narda Michael Walden, different people I knew. And all of them wrote back saying, we love this, but we want you to do it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I was like, well, that wasn't an option because I'm, I'm in a group, you know? But then um, I think it was Jan and Lewis at one point said, well, we really would love to do a project with you. And I ended up convincing them, well, would you do it with my sisters? Because it's been a roller coaster. If you want me to sing everything, I will. But can you do the band? Because because that's where my head was. I wasn't even thinking like, yay, I'm gone. It was more like, we've been through so much. And I remember when I shared the news with Joni that any day they might call us up and record us, she lost it. She was like, they called you? And I was, yeah, but listen, they, they, they might want to produce all of us. And it's from that point, I think she reached out to some people that worked with them, and wrote letters and and dismantled the whole idea of it. And um, I never heard back. And um, she came to me and she said, I have good news. They never were interested in you. And I was like, oh, it's okay. And, you know, that's what it was like. It was almost like a fear of what will happen if I do this. And my thoughts are, guys, let's do this. If it happens, we just keep pulling each other up. It was never a thought of anything else until when I got sued, I really realized, you know, that's the first time I ever really spoke up and actually got legal protection because what they did was they came up with a vote that everyone can use our brand except me. And I said, that's not fair. A, you didn't invite me to vote. And then they had another vote for the removal of Kathy Sledge within our company. Wow, what a board meeting. But I can see how these board meetings roar. Even seeing that to this day, you know, it leaves an imprint on you. 
you know, your family gets, your sisters get together and say, we're having a meeting for the removal of Kathy's statue. Like you used to say, the removal of your own name. It just doesn't feel good. And that's, you know, that was the beginning of the madness. And then um, from that point on, I was really protecting myself whenever I worked or protecting people that hired me. If they wanted to say of Sister Sledge, you know, legal letters and poison pin notes would come out of the woodwork. And I found myself really um, hiring lawyers to protect people that would work, work with me, promoters, um, making sure that I would literally say, point the guns towards me. Like, don't, you know, and then it really would cost me. And then now to this day where I am is I finally, again, when Kimmy did help me vote myself back and her, because what we saw was when Joni died. And I really think that Joni starts seeing things after her death. And again, I'm, I can't be blessed enough to know that my sister, that was a miracle to me, that we got a chance to, to reconcile and make up and love on each other. And um, which is most important, more important than any of this. But honestly, what's going on now, honestly, is an abomination to me to see these people that I don't know and to see my sister not share with the real sisters. And, you know, and I, again, like, you know, watching this, like what, if anything bothers me more is when people say that's so bad, like she needs, they need to just get along. It's like, it's not a get along. thing. It's more of what is right. And, um, Yeah. I did say to Kim today, in this place in our life, I want to fix this so that, you know, the Beatles will always be the Beatles and the Sledge Sisters will always be us and not some people that are pretty much squatting on our sites. If your mother was still alive, do you believe that she'd be able to mend this? You know, it's not a this. It's actually one sister. Well, you know what I mean? The situation. Yeah, I think it's, it's more of a case of a sister pretty much swindling a brand is sitting on our websites and sitting on our social media, controlling it. And, um, and I think, I don't know, because, you know, my mother had her own situations at the time with Debbie. Debbie lived on a cult for 10 years and that really blew my mom, my mom's mind. You know, she'd go up there and she'd try to get her off of it or, you know, thank God she's not on the cult anymore. But, I think that we're dealing with a dynamic, not um, not a situation, a dynamic of a person, not a situation of internally the group doesn't get along. You know, it's more of a dynamic of a person that has control of our of our uh, our. In- well, we control our entity. We we got, thank God control our trademark and who we are. And again, I think what Kim and I are trying to do best is make sure that that will always be that. I hope this all makes sense to you people. Oh, I know. It totally makes sense. It's just, it's not something that's not, It we can't say it doesn't happen. It does happen. You know, this is the most real, I have to say, this is the most real I've ever been with this because now I am at a place where I'm excited about other things that are coming in. And one, for instance, um, I am going back in the studio did a favor for D-Nice not so long ago at the Kennedy Center. Whenever I can, I jump up and I sing Thinking of You, which she has totally given new life. I love D-Nice. I mean, I think that uh, between him and, and DJ Cassidy, uh, bringing the song back to life is amazing to me. 
So now we are going to do a remix on it. We are talking to Warner Brothers about that. I'm excited about that. And I can be me singing it. I'm happy. Uh, so legally in the bounds of the trademark and the, the, the sister sledge and the whole thing, you're able to cover those tunes. Oh, yeah. Well, I sing them. I'm covering me. Well, <laughs> as far as covering. Yeah, them. we can cover the tunes. And with Niall, you know, Niall and I have done some things. I've even had a conversation that perhaps there's one song in particular that I wrote with Jam. And whenever we're going to do it, I don't know. But he, he talks about how amazing Nile would sound on it. And I talked to Nile about it once. He's like, yeah, that would be cool. So there are things that I love to do. What I have learned to do is take this energy. Energy is important to me. And I say this to everyone out there. My situation is mine, but yours is yours, whatever it might be. And where you put your energy to that and how you handle it is so important. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. There are days and I'm like, really, God? Like, is there going to be justice? Like, are these people like going to like take our brand? And then it's like, no, I know God's timing is everything. And I also know that there are so many other places that I put my energy. And one of them, for instance, is um, I definitely love producing. I've been producing concerts for festivals. And we did a run last summer that was fire. It was amazing. But what I've noticed is that these, there's a whole new generation that's embracing our music. And I thought, okay, so you produced Billie Holiday and that was successful. And then I also produced the production called My Sisters and Me Concert Series, where I invited Cece Penniston and Karen White and Nisi Williams, sorry. And, but it was different. I, didn't, I wanted to do a show where I wanted to showcase each one of these amazing artists as if they're like Celine Dion at her residency. Because a lot of artists like ourselves who have these hits, of different eras. I've noticed these promoters would want us to come and just like sing our hit and grab your talent water next. But I wanted to showcase Nisi when she's singing Black Butterfly. I want you to see this huge, gorgeous picture of her. She's beautiful. And Karen White when she's singing Superwoman. And, you know, or Cece when she comes out singing Keep On Walking and Don't Stop. I, and it's a real sister's show. And it went over very well. So now I am talking and talking to different promoters because the idea is to do a classic. That was a classic version, but my sisters and me concert series, what I learned is we are family is such a, it's such a anthem of a song that any genre of music can end a concert with it. And so I thought like the H1 divas, let's get sisters in here. Let's all sing our hits and let's, let's, Let's do the background for each other when Nisi's singing free. And, you know, but of course I had other background singers there too. It was a huge production. And I put this thing together. And what I had learned through all of this is, again, I'll go back to Who Moved My Cheese, which is, again, one of my favorite books because you've got to keep trying different ways when things change. And it doesn't mean that you can't hit success. You just have to find ways that work and find ways that if someone says no, a, you know, a mantra that I live by is that I made up is no means next. When people tell me no, I next, <laughs> no means next. I don't even hear no. I, you know, that might be the name of the book. I know it's a chapter, but I never hear no. And when you say no to me, I'm like, okay, I'm, that means I need to be over here. <laughs> I need to be talking to that person. Turn to the right. Well, you know, you know, life would make you because of the success you've, you know, achieved, 
to sit back on your loins and not have to, you know, if this didn't go wrong with the way things Debbie's handling this business stuff, okay, or say, yeah. say this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> all of you would be doing very comfortably well with doing what you've always done. This well, is the funny thing. I do want to say this. You know, change, we are, we, change positions. We are. And I really mean we are living comfortably well. That, I, would, uh, yes, I wouldn't take it any differently. I think you probably all are. What I'm saying is it could probably go a lot easier if this wasn't happening. Of course it would. It's like saying to anyone, you know, let's just pull that thorn out of your side and see how you feel. Oh, but that was course, true. But, all, but here's another, it's life. It's life. It happens, you know, and what you do with that, you know, um, another great thing that's happening is I am now in development with William Morris to help me develop Family Room, which is a mother-daughter talk variety show that, I'll be honest, we actually, we're, we were pitching it before the pandemic. We had a synopsis. We we started getting traction. And then, of course, like everyone else, you know, the world shut down and we all turned on our cameras. And um, the family room, it is the platform of We Are Family. And ironically, what, and I always, I always give God credit with this. Here's my daughter and I bringing the world together globally in this room. And I'm telling you the stories, like we had people that would, cry and support each other because they just lost someone to that horrible pandemic or we would have people that would come in and just share a song or lots of people were quarantining alone and we became this place where club quarantine became this massive club that still goes strong and now he's taking it out in the world i'm so proud of him with this the family room we became this place of comfort and it started, it really did start with me singing songs of comfort. I, I didn't, you know, like everyone else, Lenny, we were, when this thing happened, we were like, what's going on? I wish I could write a million dollars to support whatever. I don't have that, but I do have this. And I started singing songs of comfort and people started tuning in because it's all I could get. I could give you these songs, songs, lyrics that would say, it's going to be okay. Did you tune in? Can I ask? Can I ask? What was the biggest one for you that you sang that you said that everybody was like blown away? Like There were two. And if you go to my archive files on, on Instagram, you can see them. One of them was, um, of course, I sang Thinking of You, but I did it acoustically. And they, that's when D-Nice reached out to me and he's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Can you, can you, I hate to ask. Sing something? Let me have another drink. But you know, then another song that I sang that I loved was I Say a Little Prayer for You. I did it with the acoustic guitar and I just sang from my heart. And Kristen and my family would film us. My son, both of them were living in LA at the time, my son and my daughter. And they all came back and we got a chance to love on each other as a family. My son, my husband is, my husband actually, I don't know what I'd do without him with, I mean, we, his office in our home is just filled to the, from the floor to the ceiling of like legal files. Cause he's like, he, he's, he's like this force that would just protect me whenever we would get sued or I would get sued. And then my hut, my son, my daughter's my best friend. When we 
formed family room together as co-producers and co-hosts. She's just like, you know, if you tune into Kathy Sledge and you just go in my archives, you can see some of our family room. I just love her to like, to, to the moon. She's and so that, much like you. Oh my just, God. She looks so, she looks like a younger version of you. Like, and wow. she's, you know, she's so tough. She's got this huge heart. And she's um, very brilliant with ideas for producing and styling. And she helps me also put together these productions that I do when I take it to other countries for concerts. Like, you know, what the dancers should wear. And I'll get to that too, what we do when it comes to the live shows. But then my son is a certified trainer and nutritionist, and he's with every reputable certification and um, like NASA. And he came back from LA and we ended up building a gym in our home. And can I tell you something? He is a beast. And he pulled me out too, because when I was getting, because during the pandemic, which was interesting, I would do this family room and bring the world together. And Chris and I would sit on that couch and love on each other. And then the next day I'd have to pull up my laptop and go into a, a, you know, a deposition with my sister about making sure we could get our brand or our websites back. And it was really a lot of pain that I'd go through, but no one knew that because Kristen and I were actually lifting people up. Who were in pain themselves so we were that and then you know we turned those cameras off and i'd have to deal with this stuff but my son i gotta tell you he'd knock on my door every day and you go let's go and we we build a home gym and he would this morning i was up at 5 30 like he's back he's like you know and he's such a rock to me and uh, now he's going into exercise physiology but the funny thing is i don't know what i do you know without this core around me you know, between Philip, my husband, and then my son, who's again a trainer and nutritionist, keep whipping me in shape. And then my daughter, who's just like my heart and my best friend. And so I couldn't ask for better blessings. It's just the truth. And and I do have my sister around the corner and my sister that lives not far. And you know, and yeah, we are it is frustrating what Debbie is doing, but we also know that people know who we are and we're we're fixing them. And that's where we are. God bless. <laughs> I know. I could go on and on. But this is the true house story. And that to me, everyone, is the reason why we asked Kathy Sledge to come on True House Stories. Because you'll never hear this anywhere else like this. And yeah. nobody's gonna stop her. I'm not here to stop her. Maybe in the in the movie, but even with the movie, Lenny, I have to tell you, because I am talking to producers now. It's not you can't have a story of we're a family. We are a family. In every way. And, you know, when I sit down at interviews like this, and people know my story more and more, I usually say, after I tell mine, I then say, now, what's in your wallet? (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody has something, you know, and it it, it makes it lighter when you know other people go through what we go through. But it's okay. I always end up saying, it's okay. You're going to get through it's true. And the thing is, it's what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And this yeah, is not going to kill you. And God's timing's everything. It's funny because I don't, I'm, you know, I'm the Martha Stewart in the family. I'm, I'll admit it. I'm a neat freak. I am OCD. But I'm that person that people call and they're like, Kathy, can you organize my closet? Or can you, and what I can, I do. But sadly enough, when I lost my mother, I was the one that went to her house and, 
put it in order. And the same with my sister. We all did it, the Jonies. But I didn't want anything. I just wanted to make sure I could do anything I could to get order, help them pack and all that stuff. There was one thing that I took, and it was on the floor, and it had fallen off of Joan's refrigerator. And it's like, God's timing is everything. It was, I always, I keep that in my wallet to this day because I feel like that's a message from my sister. And it is, and it's true. And I, I share that message with everyone out there who may be going through whatever, you know, and it can feel dark sometimes and hopeless. And I'm not necessarily the situation with me. My sisters, I'll fix that. But I mean, personal things we go through, you know, and, but God's got you, you know, I'm not going to turn into, this is, I'm not preaching, but I, but I have learned with my own experience. Yeah, but you experienced, you've been through it. Yeah, all. You, you get through, you know, even family, yeah. even the way that happened during the pandemic, like God's timing's everything. Like with my, my daughter now, are, and now we are developing, developing this with William Morris agency. And, and now I am doing a remix of thinking of you with be nice. And now I, or, you know, we're in the conversations of this now. And I believe that, I strongly believe that, you know, and I think that um, you have to have that faith in that. And and you have to put your energy towards that. And another book that I love is Secret, The Secret. To me, The Secret is just the Bible. It's just written. Yeah, I, I lived it too. You know, so that's all it is. But speak life on things and manifest it, you know, and it's how we manifest it brighter. Brighter side of day and my sisters and me concert series. And the things I'm doing is I do use the brand sister sets featuring Kathy because I have to use the brand so that, you know, the promoters always say, well, can we say your brand? And I'm like, yeah, you can say it, but please say my name because I don't want to mislead the audience. I am not my group of sisters. Neither is what's out there now with Debbie on our website, but will we ever do something together? Somebody asked me that once and, you know, I think that Kim is working on her book. She's, she's been writing children's books. She is an amazing uh, spiritual gospel artist, too. We talk about doing some things. Um, Carol, who's my rock, uh, you know, I just, I can't tell you enough how she has such words of wisdom that she shares as in our family, as a matriarch in our family. And, um, and then, yeah. I say special prayers for what's going on with Debbie because I feel like at the end of the day, the truth always does rise to the top and you can never change who we are. This is who you are. This is you girls. Yeah. Well, why am I upset on that picture? <laughs> Actually, I'm, in, I'm only kidding. Yeah. That's this, one of my favorites. This is you girls. This is all for the sister sledge. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny too, Lenny. I always like to call ourselves the Sledge Sisters because that's who we are. You know, I mean, that's who we are. I mean, Sister Sledge is a a brand name, but yeah, we're a family. No pun intended. (laughs) And on that note, Kathy, thank you so much and good luck to your show with William Morris and everything. And keep... Yes, it's called Family Room. Oh, you know what I want to ask you? Yeah. Is your husband, people asking the question, who is your husband? Is he in our music industry as well? Okay, good question. Philip uh, Lightfoot. My married name is Lightfoot. Um, Kathy Lightfoot, everyone. Yeah, Kathy Lightfoot. Sounds like a 
Chris Dahl, you get on Christmas. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Phil actually has a band called Somebody Tell Joe. They remind me of Spyro Gyra and Oh, okay. Foreplay makes they just did their projects together. They started all these musicians have worked with mostly everyone out of Philadelphia too and elsewhere. But um yes, we've been married since what? I can remember. Um I think I was 19, 20 years old. But he he actually when I met him in his I think he was 21 when he was teaching at Delaware University uh percussion orchestral percussion and then he played for the delaware philharmonic at a very young age and then we started writing together and then of course when we married he plays with me now he produces with me um and he's my partner with, with our business um but i'm happy to see that he's also branching out even more with his passion he's an amazing like he reminds you of oh gosh who's the term i won't say um hey phil Who's the drummer that I say you remind me of? The jazz drummer. Okay, not Harvey Mason, but the, not my Steve Gadd. The early days, early, early days. All the greats, Harry. He says all the greats. Anyway, a reminder of all the greats. No, but I'm thinking of who it is. But anyway, oh, it's, it's no, it's, it's the, the 40s too. Who? We got one from the 40s. Where's the oh, Max Roach. I always say, well, of course he, you know, but. At the end of the day, what I have learned is um, I love seeing people like my husband to follow their passion. Like I'm always like, wow, you guys with somebody, somebody tell Joe is the name of the band. And they're on IG too. And what's crazy is people always ask them, how'd you get that name? And that's, I got to tell that little story. Um, they're percussionists. Didn't believe in internet or, you know, email or anything. So all of their emails would always end, you know, we're going to meet at so-and-so, so-and-so. And by the way, somebody tell Joe, <laughs> somebody tell Joe. And that's how they came up with the name, which I think is very cool. But anyway, just keep an ear out for that too. That's his passion and that's what he does. And it's always music. Hi, everyone. It runs in the family, including yes. the husband. <laughs> Thank you. Husband. There's so much more, you know, between the productions that I'm doing and the music and you know, I never want to sound like there's too much on the plate, but it's like, what do I like not work with Stanley Clark with the jazz or not work with Jam and Lewis if we decide to release our stuff? It's like all of these things or not do the D-Nice remix. It's like, these are things that um, I feel like, again, God's timing is everything. And that excites me. Just again, no means next. Keep pressing forward. Keep believing in what you do. And things will work itself out. All right. Kathy Sledge, you're an iconic woman <laughs> with brawn and steel, but heartfelt. Oh, thank you. As OCD, like she said, she keeps a very neat and clean place, very well tempered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I give you a lot of credit, my dear, and I wish you all the best. Hopefully, I you'll allow me to present the song for you someday. I, could send I would it. love to send it. Let's hear what you got. <laughs> I got stuff. I would love to hear your voice on my. You know, I love to write. I love to collaborate. I, I love writing, especially if it's melodic. I love to write on the. I know that. I've heard that from others. I've heard that many times. Well, we're going to wrap up this hundred episode saying Happy New Year to everyone. Happy it's New Year! It's been a fantastic 
2022. Yeah. Thank God. Let me get some more drink. drink. Hang on. I want to salute all of you again. Love you guys. Thank, Thank you, so you, Manuel Genzel, for putting up with my stuff and doing all the back end. Karen Ridley as well for helping us do this all. Shannon Francis and everyone who's helped make True House Stories or True House Stories is going to become even greater in yes. 2023. Cheers to that. You have made this a fantastic. Wow. Well, thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful show. I just can't wait to see. I know it's going to be everywhere. So here's okay, Spotify. It'll be on yes. YouTube tomorrow. It'll be everywhere. So salute and cheers, everyone. Cheers. Kathy, don't leave us. Happy New Year. Good night, everyone. Happy New Year. Stay safe. And remember, drink sensibly and don't drive. Take care and stay blessed, everyone. Bye-bye.